Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name's Barbara P and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, October 25th, and we're reading from the big book. We are on page 161, the first paragraph. Now this house, and ending with, its fellowship will number many hundreds. Today's readers are Penny C. on the 12 Steps, Sonia S. on the Traditions, Judith S.P. is reading our paragraph, Chris G. our Closing, Vanessa G's hanging in the wings for backup. Our host of the second hour will be Ramona A. And announcements will be Kathy S. Preamble. Oh, the reference numbers. Let me give you those for yesterday, Tuesday, October 24th. <clears throat> the 7 a.m. is 20769. 20769 and the 10 a.m. 20770. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry us message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask, uh, let's see, we're going to have Penny C. read our 12 steps. Good morning, Barbara, and good morning, everybody on the line. This is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. The wonderful 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to restore our short, to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed, and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us in 
and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Great. Thanks so much, Penny C. Sonia S., would you read the traditions? Good morning. This is Sonia S. from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks. Thank you, Sonia S. from Philadelphia. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we'll resume our study of the big book on page 161, the first paragraph. Now this house will accommodate and ending with its fellowship will number many hundreds. And um, we will be reading just that one paragraph only. Uh, I'll ask, let's see, uh, Judith S.P., you are getting us started. Thank you, Barbara. Uh, and thank you, God, most importantly, and all of you for being here today. My name is Judith S.P. from Maryland. 
Now this house will hardly accommodate its weekly visitors, for they number 60 or 80 as a rule. Alcoholics are being attracted from far and near, from surrounding towns. Families drive long distances to be present. A community 30 miles away has 15 fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. Being a large place, we think that someday its fellowship will number many hundreds. And this was written in 1939. And uh, this paragraph is uh, not one of those glamorous ones for me. Sometimes when I'm a reader, I think, oh, wow, yeah, that's great. And then when I think about it, there's, there's an amazing amount of value in looking back, particularly in my own history, to see where I was and how my recovery has moved me forward with God, the 12 steps, and the action I take. In 1939, after several years of really working with others, our forefathers were given the gift by a family to have a house, to bring in alcoholics suffering from this horrendous disease. And it, it reminds me of the tradition so dramatically of attraction rather than promotion. When something works in my life or in something around me, I don't have to jump up and down and say, look, here, come, this is great, you know, like the circus used to be, thank God, not the way it is now. But there was an attraction because people were so desperate and near death in many different ways that more and more people came together. One of the critical differences in some ways is back in, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, whenever, people had to make a strong effort to be reached out to or to say, yes, I'm ready. I see it worked for you. In 2023, there's a certain level of comfort in being part of the fellowship. I'm sitting here in my room, comfortable, I just press a couple buttons, and here I am, boom, with hundreds of people on the line, being given the opportunity to hear and share about this phenomenal book. They had to make a lot of effort. I have to make a lot of effort not to live through the conveniences. Oh, yeah, here's a Zoom link, here's a password, boom. I see all these people. I feel great for the hour. And what do I do? Do I just go on with my day, conveniently driving here or there? I'm not criticizing the modern era, but I think in some ways we have it harder because we have to make the effort beyond our own convenience. The food, the behaviors, my reactions were all horrendous, but they were convenient comforts, and I have to work every day and have my hand ready to help those that are still suffering and those that ask questions or those call for an outreach. So amazing 
experience to have a paragraph like this come alive in ways that I wouldn't have thought I could share on. So thank you for letting me share, and I look forward to others' response and interpretation of this paragraph. Pass. Well, thanks so much, Judith S.P., for getting us started. Thanks so much. So we are going to continue on with other in, uh, others who'd like to share. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So I uh, will go ahead and take a list of who'd like to share, and then we'll get started. Oh, didn't hear either one of you. Janet B. Got you, Janet. Lee H. Lee, got you. Sarit L. Was that Sarit? Yeah. Okay, got you. Lisa D. Jessica C. Jessica. All right. Well, that's Donna great. Great. Ohio. Get... Oh, Donna, I'll add you to the yeah. to the list. Great. Super. So we have Jan... Super Janet B. Lee H. Sarit L. Lisa D. Jessica C. and Donna K. So, Janet, you go right ahead. You'll be followed by Lee H. Hi, good morning. This is Janet B., Recovered Compulsive Eater in North Carolina, formerly in New Jersey. So, yeah, I'm looking that people were driving so far and because they were attracted by something. And it reminds me of I used to go an hour and a half to meetings. I was in New York and I met someone who had something that attracted me. So I went an hour and a half um, on a train to go to meetings that she went to twice a week. So what was it, right? What did she have? Well, it started, I was at an OA convention, actually eating compulsively at the convention. I had been in OA for six and a half years and I still never got 30 days of abstinence. I think once I got two weeks, but a lot of times I couldn't even make it to lunch. And I was at the convention and I was in this one room and this guy stood up and he said, I have the solution. And he was thin. So the room got deathly quiet. Everyone listened. And this is what he said. He said, next time you want to eat, just don't eat. And the room applauded. And I thought, what the heck? Um, I wanted to not eat more than anything in the world, but I didn't have the power. It wasn't lack of desire. It was lack of power. So I went to another room and there was this woman with beautiful blonde curls who held up a big book and said she hadn't binged in a year. I couldn't fathom that. I was too afraid to approach her. I said to the woman next to me, do you know her? That woman just happened to be her sister. And she introduced me. And that night, this woman, Donna, told me about the big book. She opened it. She unpacked it for me. She told me to read it. I read the whole text section that night. And the next day, she said, "Um, are you willing to do this work? And I said, "Mm, there's this one amends I'm not sure I want to make. And she said, can you trust that by by the time you're on step eight, you'll be a different person? And I said, okay. 
And she said there was this meeting where there were tons of people like her who were all recovered and not binging. And I, and I went and I was attracted and, and what attracts us, like it says, this house will hardly accommodate its weekly visitors. What attracted people to that house? Of course, from that beautiful paragraph that was read yesterday, miracles, visioning their loving and all powerful creator. The woman who led me to this big book led me to God had experienced a miracle because at its core, that's what this book is about. That's what this program is about. Not so much about food plans and meetings and phone calls, but about visioning our great reality, our loving and all powerful creator who removes the obsession with, with food when we work these beautiful steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Janet B. Lee H. from North, Janet B. is from North Carolina, formerly New Jersey. Um, and I, I'll repeat those so that we can stay, if anybody wants to look you up on the members list. Lee H., go right ahead. Thank you so much. This is Lee H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. And this, I wanted to share on this, this paragraph um, because uh, it reminded me that um, a year ago I was, I had just gotten a new sponsor because I had relapsed. And as life happens, my son's wife um, was hospitalized with an early pregnancy in California. And he called me and said, Mom, could you and Dad come and and house-sit the dog while we're in the hospital? And so um, we both said, yes, we'll, we'll come. So we flew across the country to California, and we didn't know how long we were staying. And I had made a commitment to read the 12 steps for the this 7 a.m. Eastern time meeting, which meant I was going to have to get up um, around 3.30 in the morning. And um, I just remember laughing because my higher power has a sense of humor. But I was so thankful that I had made that commitment. And I set my alarm and got up, you know, every once a week for in the whole month of November, we were there. And um, I just, you know, I wanted to share on yesterday because that's the way I feel about this, this program and, and this fellowship, that we we have an uncanny understanding of this, you know, thing that we have, this disease that we have. And I was so attracted to that. And then my sponsor, my new sponsor, um, really helped me to... Um, see the importance of, you know, staying on program, giving up those those things that were so subtly, you know, leading me back to the food. And um, I began to get clear and, and have a deeper relationship with my higher power. And uh, I, so I'm just really thankful to be here with clean abstinence for a year. And so I'm going to get off and listen to the other shares. Thanks. Oh, Lee H., thank you, from Tennessee. Sarit L., you're up, and you'll be followed by Lisa D. Hi, good morning. It's Sarit L. I'm from Montreal, recovered compulsive overeater, and so 
grateful to be here live at this hour in the morning. Um, and the shares have really been from from the whole week already. We're all speaking about very similar, um, very similar. Our, our realities are so similar because we've been all feeling the same way about each other and about the meetings. And I think this paragraph is is also a continuation of the previous paragraph. So it says here now this house will hardly accommodate its weekly visitors. Um, for they number 60 or 80 as a rule, and I, I think any meeting can be considered a house. And any time a sponsor and sponsee gather together, it's it's a house. It's a house where there's opportunity for God, where the previous paragraph speaks about the new friends and the miracles and the vision of the great reality, their loving and all-powerful creator. All of that comes together when one sponsor or one program person, you know, speaks to another person in recovery. Um, There's God there. There's miracles there. There's opportunity for God there. And it's, it's love and grace. It's just all in one big room. And this meeting carries that godliness in it. What, What should I say? And so, and of course, our fellowship is going to number many hundreds today because God is like a magnetic pull and our hearts are looking and searching for that. And, and that's what I needed. I came in beaten and battered. I don't, I wasn't looking for God at that point, but God is there speaking through the hearts of people. And that's what attracted me. People who are healed, you know, and, and giving and gracious, like that's, that's what attracts us. And the information doesn't attract us as much as the love, you know, when the love is given in that, and information is given in such a loving way. There's just a magnetic pull that keeps one from going back out and staying out. You know, that's what just keeps on pulling me back. It's like there's program deep in your heart. And when you have a, a belly full of food, um, the program voice just gets a little bit louder and louder and louder and kept me coming back. And yeah, I get, I, I just... This is so beautiful. Like even the families would drive long distances to be present, not just the alcoholic, because the families knew that there's something here that they couldn't find in a regular diet uh, program. And and we have a miracle. And if I can just be grateful today that in my discomfort today, there's God and there's fellowship and he will walk me through my uncomfortabilities. And he is ultimately the solution. He brought me here. He'll, he'll see me through it. And, this is my great reality, and if I can just tap into it, you know, for another day, then I'm, I'm, I'm granted the, the gift of recovery and abstinence, and with that, I'll pass. Great, thank you so much, Sarit L from Montreal, Canada. Lisa D, you're up, and you'll be followed by Jessica C. Good morning. This is Lisa D from New York. Um, just happy to be here this morning. You know, when I, <laughs> uh, Composable Breeder, sorry, from New York. When I read this, this chapter and when I read this paragraph, I'm so drawn back to my childhood of going to um, what they considered to be revival meetings and these big tents, people would pitch tents and have, um, have these, you know, incredibly powerful speakers come and it was a wonderful thing and everybody in the room was sharing this wonderful experience and then 
you know, maybe it lasted a day or two or three. And then, you know, everybody would pack up, go home to their respective homes, and then go back to their lives. And for many times, it was just a um, a one-time event. And um, what I find in programs is that the rooms, as they're called, which is, makes sense when you read this paragraph, right? We used to call it, I'll see you in the rooms. Well, this is a room, even though it's on a phone, as a previous speaker just said. The rooms have this slow, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, burning, spreading, quiet revival, spiritual awakening that comes from the steps. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, prior to the Zoom meetings happening, I would drive and drive to different meetings all around where I lived and wherever I was um, on vacation and so forth, I would want to go and find a a meeting and um, just drive there. I would always want to know where there was a meeting to go to. And sometimes it meant leaving my family. Um, And it wasn't always greeted with welcome arms by my family. They didn't come with me because they thought it was just taking me away from them. But the idea of just being having these rooms available everywhere and anywhere, um, it's it's a rolling, uh, a rolling kind of revival, a rolling kind of thing that just has a life of its own. We are always home when we're in these rooms, no matter how long we've been in here, and we're always welcome. And that is an incredible power. And that power comes from from our higher power, and and that's just something that um, is an incredibly moving and incredibly stabilizing force in my life, and I hope in the lives of others that I might touch as well. So um, I just wanted to say that. I think with that, um, I'll just say have a great day, everybody, and I'll pass. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much, Lisa D from New York. So Jessica C., you'll be up next, followed by Donna K. And I'll just repeat, we are on page 161, the very first paragraph. Now this house ending in will number many hundreds. So Jessica C., you're up, followed by Donna. Hi, thank you. This is Jessica C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater um, in Ontario, Canada. Um, you know, as I was reading this, I was thinking that it really must have been, obviously it must have been God's will for AA to begin and and to flourish and become what it is today. Um, you know, in a, sh- in a short time, it sh- this paragraph shows us, shows us that um, the fellowship grew from just Bill and Bob to 80 members and it was it was growing into other areas. Um, and I heard in the first share that someone give them, gave them a house to meet in. So there was this undeniable momentum happening at that time. And I can only imagine what Bill and Bob thought later on as AA spread across all of the world and spawned new fellowships and so on. But I guess what this paragraph isn't saying, but I I'm, I'm assume must be true, is that there would have been you know, missteps happening, there would have been setbacks. Um, I'm sure if I did a deep dive into a history, I would 
learned that there were, you know, um, things that didn't go perfectly that could have threatened this momentum. You know, anytime people create something new, new companies, organizations, the path to success and the growth is never really that linear. Um, but, you know, obviously it was God's will that this, that this, this AA thing was meant to, to flourish. Um, and it really shows me that, you know, when I, whenever I'm doing something new, if, you know, when I was working the steps, for example, I did not do it perfectly. Um, but the food obsession left me pretty quickly into that step journey, despite any, um, you know, unsuredness that I feel felt or anything that I didn't do exactly right. And if I'm doing something new now, if I'm sponsoring someone new or doing OA fellowship, organizing a retreat, um, I may not do it perfectly. I may feel unsure, but if it's God's will, then it doesn't really matter if I make a misstep or if I don't feel 100% confident. If it's God's will, then it's meant to be and it will happen. So with that, I'll pass. Great. Thanks so much, Jessica C. from Ontario, Canada. And Donna K., you're up, and then we'll take another list of names. Good morning. Hi, uh, Donna K., recovered in Ohio, and um, thank you for your service and and the chance to share. I guess I want to hit a little slightly different angle um, in regards to the the, the meetings and, and and how the program grew. You know, it's it's very locally here in Ohio. It's probably not too different in other places um, because of the COVID. You know, the the meet the face to face meetings. You know, kind of went on hold in a lot of areas, and some of the, them did not recover. And and that and the fact that we have all these additional new technical tools to use um, has just made such a difference. Um, I, I actually was going to say. This is a blessing um, that came from the COVID, <laughs> and I am really grateful for it. Otherwise, I would have been cut off and isolated, and you know, because I couldn't do things the way I used to do things with my meetings. And um, I, it's just broadened um, the program for me. It's it's helped me remain abstinent. Um, but we have lost a lot of, you know, meetings, a lot of face-to-face meetings just locally because people, you know, I think people are uncomfortable and afraid of the technology. Um, I just I just want to put a shout out for it, to take a chance, ask for some help, you know, if, if there's any difficulty. This phone meeting is is, is very easy to, to get on, you know, and get the benefits. Um, the disease hasn't taken a break. <laughs> The advertisements watching the baseball game last night was, you know, they, they're relentless. All right, you know, there's always, there's always, you know, food, food in it. All right, that's uh, all I really have to share. I, I appreciate everyone's service, and uh, yeah, just a shout out to take a risk, ask for some help. You know, if you want to try some, you know, some zooms or other other meetings and other stuff around, right? Uh, There's a lot of support, and um, I'm very grateful for it. So, all right. Thanks a lot. I'll pass. 
Thanks, Donna Kay from Ohio. Awesome. All right, so we are going to take another list, and we're on page 161, first paragraph, now this house, reading that one paragraph only. Who'd like to share? Maya. Larry. Larry K. Larry K. All right, Larry, and I heard Haya. Um, who was that very first person, though? Was that M? Maya. Yeah. Is that Haya M? Vasa Aya. Vasa Aya. Vasa Aya in Maryland. Okay, hang on. Somebody, so I've got really clearly Larry, Haya, and Vasa. I don't have the next person in Maryland. Batya M. Satya? Yes. Okay. And if I'm Anita. missing anybody, shout out. Anita J. Gotcha, Anita. Thank you. Loretta A. Anybody else? Loretta, Loretta great, thanks. Uh -huh. Thank you. Shannon okay, K. Okay, let's start. Okay, Shannon, gotcha, Shannon Kay. So let me stop there, and then we probably will have room for one more, but I've got Larry, Haya, Vasa, Tadia, Anita, Loretta, and Shannon. So Larry, you are up first, and you'll be followed by Haya. Uh, thank you so much for your service. This is Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, I read this paragraph, it makes me think about, you know, what, what is it that makes a meeting attractive, a gathering uh, attractive, um, and, and, and something that, is, that, that will grow and is sustainable over time? Because there's no perfect meeting, of course, because we're made up of, of, of human beings, imperfect human beings with lots of different ideas. Um, but but I think you know in my experience what what you know I've I've seen meetings start out on fire, and they grow and then they fizzle out. Um, and I think that the primary thing is if people are not getting well, and staying well, the meeting eventually will fizzle out. That's what I've seen. Because um, you know if 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 the if the people start in the meeting if the people that are you know, that are the core, you know, group that have started the meeting, if they are not getting well and staying well, and they're delivering a message, you know, that doesn't have the depth and weight that's within our blueprint, within the text, eventually people are going to look and say either, either I'm really, really bad at this, and then they're going to go away, or what those people are telling me just doesn't ring true for me. And in either case, they'll leave. And I remember there was a, a meeting at Swedish Hospital in Chicago that, from what I understand, you know, a few decades ago, it numbered two and 300 consistently in Overeaters Anonymous. That meeting doesn't exist anymore. Why is that? Well, and I think, and wh why does a vision for you, however, however imperfect it is, why does it, because you have a good combination of people that are following this blueprint, this way of life, and they're having a spiritual experience, a spiritual awakening sufficient to drive out the obsession and to set them on a path, a way of life where they are brought into alignment with the higher power and they're not exactly.
they're, they're, they're happy to carry this message. Even with uh, detaching from the outcome, they, they know they have to carry the message. Today, for me, when I read about this paragraph, you know, I'm reminded that, you know, am I, is the meeting, are they just telling me what I want to hear? Or are they saying what they mean and is it consistent with, with what's in the big book and are they saying it in a way that's not mean? And if they do that, that is a recipe for a sustainable meeting and, and, that's a, and, and there's laughter, you know, follow the laughter. You'll see the laughter because these people have been relieved from their obsession. They're set on a new way of life. It's extraordinary. And so people, even if they're not getting it yet, they, are, they keep coming back. And eventually they're going to be willing to pick up the spiritual toolkit laid at their feet, to put down the food entirely and take action after action after action until it becomes second nature, until it becomes second nature. What a beautiful, miraculous program this is. With that, I pass. Thanks. Great. Thank you, Larry Kay. Hiya, you are up next, and you'll be followed by Vasa. Hi, um, it's Maya, Maya Kay. Oh, Maya. Okay. Sure. Gotcha, Maya. Can you spell <laughs> that for us, too, some people? Yeah. Uh, sh- uh, sure, it's M-A-I-J-A. Great. And uh, Thanks. last name is Kay. And um from New York. And uh, compulsive overeater in recovery for today. And um, I guess I just wanted to share, I don't always share, um, the paragraph uh, just reminded me of, uh, I guess, the fellowship and how um, grateful I am to um, be part of something um, that um, I am so connected to because I have always felt so out of place um, growing up in Manhattan. I, I had such a, a, a like a wild upbringing, literally, <laughs> um, that you know now I live in the suburbs um, of New York, and I, I've always felt out of place in every way except in a way. And um, um, I was just sharing that at a meeting last night, a live meeting, and I just keep hearing things that just keep ringing so true, like make OA your family and your family your friends, things like that. And it's just very true because a lot of my family aren't in recovery, but I, I love them. And um, and I just feel like the spiritual principles in this, in this program have saved my life. And, um, and when I go to a meeting and I feel so at home, um, like last night at this meeting, and I see someone who's not there, I feel like the spiritual principles are working like, oh, I, I want to call that person because I need them. I need them there. Um, you know, I want them back. But um, I shared that. That's the, one of the only places I fit in. And um, I'm just grateful for that. Um, and the other thing that keeps ringing true lately, um, within the fellowship, it just keeps coming uh, through in each meeting topic, like in this paragraph, is just like working um, the spiritual and the physical will take care of itself. Um, I don't know why I, I felt compelled to share that, but it seems to ring true in this, for this paragraph. Um, I guess that's all I wanted to share, and I'm just grateful for you all, and I hope you all have a, a blessed day. Thanks. Well, thanks, Maya Kay from New York. 
Valsa O, you're up, and you'll be followed by Tatia. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Uh, and I, again, this, rem- this paragraph reminds me how I started my program. The attraction for, mo- for me was uh, I wanted to have what those people had uh, that were recovering or they had re- recovered. The only thing I needed to to surrender 100% with the food addiction because uh, I just didn't want to die. And uh, it was getting progressive for me. I came in 1986, and it is by the grace of my higher power, I've stayed. You know, no matter what I go through in my life, I just keep coming, you know. And I'm just so, so grateful that I have found the solution in the program because I I was so hopeless, you know, and uh, had been looking for the solution for many, many years. And I wanted, I was looking for, for God, searching for God. I didn't know how to find God. I thought I needed to see, to touch, to believe. Well, from not believing, I came to believe when I came in the programs uh, because I could put the food down but one day at a time, one meal at a time, and that was a miracle. And the rooms, we're talking about the rooms, you know. Every meeting I go to, it's a room, you know. It's my room, our room. My bedroom is my room. My husband gives me my privacy. He closes the room, my door, and this is my room. And I love the vision for you because we go every single day. In those days, I went maybe to one meeting a week, you know, and I'm so grateful. It's here every day. So uh, I used to travel all over, you know, for for a meeting, and uh, I needed it because I found the the support, the, the from the fellowship out there, and I'm just so grateful that. And then my sponsor said, um, "Put the food down, clean house, and help others," and that's what I do. So I have never felt left the program, and I'm not saying I wasn't going through the grief and the sadness when I put the food down. It was horrible, but I could get from one meal to the next, and then one day to the next, and one week to the next, a month to the next. It was a miracle, and it works. The, when I started with the Vision for You, there were like 200 people, and now it has grown to thousands and thousands of people. And at the meeting, like we have 450 people at least, even, you know, oh, that's my time. Thank you for letting she and I pass. Uh, thanks so much. Fasa O from Massachusetts. Tatia from Maryland. Step right up. Hello. I'm Batia M from Maryland, Batia with a B. And uh, thank you, everybody, for being here and all the people who made the meeting possible. Um, I used to travel for business quite frequently to some strange places. And in the evening, I'd be free in my hotel room and flipping through TV channels was and there was nothing to it. And so 
I many times in another town, I found a meeting list and I went to a meeting and I had growth and acceptance there. Um, when I when I first joined OA in 86, there were some really large in-person meetings and they went an hour and a half and they had coffee and there would be 50, 60 people, et cetera, et cetera. And there would be uh, special meetings that people came from all over. Uh, over the years, the meetings I went to dwindled in number of participants, but they were always there. And this these last um, couple times I came back to the program, when I, when I moved to Maryland almost eight years ago, I didn't know anybody here. I went to a meeting. It happened to be a vision meeting in person. It was the first time in all those years in OA that I had been exposed to the idea of taking the steps in a methodical manner. And it was exactly what I needed. Of course, I had relapsed, went out, and but I'm back and I'm abstinent and I did the steps and I'm ready to move on to that fourth dimension. But I remember driving long distances just to just to hit a meeting because I knew that there would be some some of my tribe there that I knew it was good for me and I just kept coming back and my perfectly imperfect abstinence is is incredible so any newcomers listening just keep coming back doesn't matter if you don't get it right away but eventually it will sink in thank you I pass Thanks very much. Badia M. from Maryland. Anita J., you are up. You'll be followed by Loretta H. And one last time for those coming in, and come on in. There's plenty of room in this house. It is page 161, first paragraph, now this house, reading that one paragraph in the big book. All right, Anita J., step right up. Oh, I just stepped right up to the podium. This is Anita Jay, uh, recovered in um, Massachusetts, Westboro to be exact. You know, when I came into Overeaters Anonymous in 1978, uh, God had such a sense of humor. Uh, it was in a temple, in the room that it was in, I used to be the diet workshop lecturer. But the message was totally different. I mean, if if that had worked, if the paying way with its emphasis on the food alone, of course you need some of that, um, had worked, there'd be no need for vision for you or any of these other meanings. But, uh, but at least it got me to see that that you don't eat all day long. Grazing is not an option. And um, but it was a it was a beginning. And um, what did attract me? There was an attraction there, 
and it was that people were honest uh, when I went into my first OA meeting in that temple. Um, I knew that you couldn't just get up and say any old thing. It, it had to have some depth and weight to it. But I didn't know that it was attractive. And I was satisfied with that. Did it result in my being rocketed into the fourth dimension? No. In fact, um, I never believed in any of that. Well, fast forward, it, didn't, it wasn't fast. It took quite a while when I began listening to Vision for You. And I know this is just, just a healthy meeting, but there was something about all the voices. There was something more than honesty in it. There was recovery. I finally knew what recovery meant. And, oh, is that attractive? I don't like to miss this. I'll, I'll shortchange my time with God. Forgive me, God. I got to get on this line. I've got to hear the recovery. And I feel that God speaks through people anyway with the messages that a person like me needs to hear. And so now that is what I'm drawn to. And, um, you know, one of our fellows and I went to um, New York, to the Region 6. So there were people from all over uh, the Northeast. But one even came from Michigan. And, and But the point is, there's something about a group of people who have found the answer that is so attractive. Why wouldn't I want to be on the line? And um, in fact, that's the question, isn't it? Why, um, why are we on? And um, you can think about the answer to that, and I pass. Thanks so much, Anita J. from Massachusetts. Loretta H., you're up, followed by Shannon K. Thank you, Barb, and thank you all, along with my very precious God who is saving my life, Loretta H. Uh, in North Carolina, and the house. You know, we say welcome home, and I say that to all the newcomers and everybody. So we are home, and uh, for me, I, it's so funny. I, was take, I take notes every morning on some of the shares, <laughs> and thank you for all the shares. And today, um, the tablet I was writing on says, Guiding Eyes for the Blind. And I said, oh, my God, a vision for you. So, and that's my sponsor's husband used to say, my first sponsor, who now has 50 years, used to say, the blind leading the blind. And it's divine, the blind leading the blind. So I just, you know, this this fellowship, this, this room, this home, has saved my life and um it also it talks about attraction and that's what it's about it's about attraction and not promotion and i looked up the word attraction and it says um appeal magic draw interest and that's what we have all of us who carry this message i call it the gift that keeps on giving but we have this attractiveness about it this air this essence and so why wouldn't I want to come back? And we also have 
a solution with this vision of how to work in our lives. Somebody at my morning meeting the other day said, we are so lucky because we are awake because we actually can live in the the classroom of life because life isn't easy. But with the steps, we have the principles, and the principles are God's laws. And so we can have a happy, joyous, and free life. And Bill says um, at the end of it, I always think it's a Christmas card, but he says at the end of his story about um, and goodwill and peace to all, oh, my God, so we come into the room and we get a Christmas card. So with that, I'm going to pass. I'm so grateful to be here. My life is wonderful, and it is because of program. And today I'm going to go out and practice the four absolutes, honesty, love, usefulness, and I call it um, authenticity, but they call it purity. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Loretta H. and Shannon K. Come on in. You'll be closing us out today. Shannon K. Star one. Hi, can you hear me now? I sure can. Okay, sorry about that. I couldn't get unmuted. Um, This is Shannon Kay in South Carolina. Um, Grateful, 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 recovering compulsive overeater. Um, And that's the first, one of the first times I've ever used that word to describe myself. And it feels um, really, really amazing. This program is such a miracle. And this paragraph really to me speaks to what a miracle this fellowship is and what a gift from God it is. And um, after struggling for about a week and a half, a couple of weeks, and not making my outreach calls the way I was supposed to, um, and having to come clean about a few things with my sponsor, um, I realized that, that the outreach and this fellowship and you all are so, so vital to the recovery that God wants to give me, to the recovery that God is creating in my life, because um, you are teaching me how to live. And when I had to tell my story about my my dishonesties with um, the fellows that I spoke to, I cannot even tell you the, the encouragement, the love, and the understanding that was poured upon me is like nothing I've ever felt before in my life. And I'm so, so grateful. Um, and to my sponsor, who is just, teaching me how to do this and have this relationship with God, like the only word for it is miracle. And I'm just, I'm so, so grateful for all of you. Um, yeah, just, just thank you. And, and thank you to God who is, um, who is there speaking to me and giving me the willingness to, for the first time in my life, be obedient, obedient to what I hear God saying to me. And I realize that, Honesty is just as poisonous to my soul as sugar is to my body. And um, I can't pick that up again because I might not ever come back from it, neither one of those things. So thank you all for being here. Thank you for um, listening to my nervous share and, and letting me come in. And I wish you all a wonderful day. 
Ken and Kay from South Carolina, thank you so much for closing us out and what a strong close. So thank you to everyone who shared and also everyone who served in the month of October on the Wednesday team. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Our share ID for today, Wednesday the 25th of October, is 20776. 20776. We'll now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by um, an, followed by a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Sorry, I just lost my place. We'll now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Chris G. Please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. Thank you. I sure will. Uh, and, and thanks for the great meeting. Our, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. All right. Thank you so much, Chris G. Just waiting for a recording to be stopped.